Number three of A Christmas Miscellany, twenty eighteen, by Various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Number three, Santa Claus's Message, A Christmas Story, by E. Franklin Tregaskis. Twenty Foot was an almost deserted mining camp and presented the desolate appearance of such localities a wide valley honeycombed by old workings and strewn with debris on one side stretched miles of barren ranges denuded of heavy trees which had been felled to feed the boilers and timber the underground workings when some of the quartz reefs had been developed after the alluvial gold had been won these also had petered out on the other side of the valley were farms for here rich volcanic soil overlay the silurian formation consequently there was still a small population in the district which accounted for the survival of a place of worship a state school general store blacksmith shop and on a side road a coffee palace there were only two men here now seeking gold or fossicking as it was called one was a relic of the sixties known behind his back as bush ranger bill or b b who needless to say had never followed that occupation and probably had he visited the barber who was also the local blacksmith more regularly would never have been so designated the second fossicker was a man of different stamp with his family he lived about a mile above the township at the head of the gully in a comfortable though small cottage surrounded by a garden he had brought his young wife here in the early seventies just after the volcanic land had been made available for selection but too late to secure a holding and here he had remained digging with varying results when there was enough rain he sluiced the old workings and with the aid of one of the defunct company's dams could win gold during several months of the year during the dry spells he sought old tailings and headings among the abandoned holes and had them carted to the sluice boxes it was a precarious existence i use the word purposely still to him the life presented a certain fascination and occasional windfalls lured him on at the time of which i write funds were very low in fact there were none it had been a dry winter the wash dirt put through was poor and only a portion had been treated for hampton had not been able to sluice since august and now near the end of december rain looked as far off as ever troubles seldom come singly the local storekeeper had died recently and his successor who decided to run the business on city lines discouraged long credit formerly the family had the necessaries of life assured for the old storekeeper knew that when the dirt paid his account had been squared but this stranger had intimated that unless a payment was forthcoming the account would be closed there were now three children the oldest about ten years was named hope some of the schoolgirls whose parents were in comfortable circumstances sometimes called her the forlorn hope but this is christmas time we will not recall slights nor unkindness now the other two were twins grace and joy the eldest child was robust and dark like her father the twins were fair and resembled the mother but had short golden curls like spiral springs they were about seven years old 
it was within a few days of christmas and the parents were talking over ways and means we must have some extra things for the children the mother said she had an anxious but not unhappy expression her life for years had been one long struggle to make ends meet there had always been sufficient food though of the plainest sometimes even making a meal of goat's milk and potatoes at times for days their larder knew no butcher's meat when her husband chanced to shoot a rabbit or other game it was providing clothes and shoes for the children which was the great burden so that she could send them suitably clad to school what had gone to her heart most was keeping hope at times from sunday school because of her shabby boots how often had she washed and ironed the children's clothes and mended their much-worn socks after the little ones were asleep still through it all she was not unhappy i've these miniatures of my grandparents in a gold frame it could be sold for a good sum mr stowman would buy it at any time leave that at the store for security and take the letter too stating its value mr douglas does not know us yet the husband pressed his hands over his face his voice though strained was gentle i never expected to bring you to this jessie we should have left this life long ago but those rich patches in the old workings drew me on this must end it when there is water enough and i've cleaned up i'll take a position in sydney i've been very happy here more so than many of my companions in the old life i realize this when reading between the lines of their letters replied the wife so the miniatures found their way into the douglas safe and the good business man said in his most oily manner of course we respect your word mr hampton and looking over the old ledgers i find you have always paid up still you won't object to my getting confirmation of mr stowman's letter business is business you know b b had visited the corfi palace as the sign announced it a place which much belied its name for it did not resemble a palace in any land it was built of galvanized iron and stringy bark and coffee was never seen on the premises there was a tradition that a traveller could procure a cup of tea if he waited long enough they certainly dispensed hop beer and other liquid refreshment b b was on his way home it was two days before christmas and sat down to rest on an old red gum log on the hillside which had proved too tough to split and too heavy to cart away many a campfire had been lighted against it in years gone by now the bracken fern provided on one side a soft bed and some dogwood scrub a shield as this looked inviting b b sought repose it was now evening the lingering rays of the sun streaming over the western hills made even the score-lined gullies and unsightly mullock heaps with their undergrowth fringes of green things of beauty the three children were seeking a stray goat and chanced to sit on the old log to rest we're going to have a lovely christmas said joy roast beef and plum pudding and almonds and raisins b b thought he heard voices he had heard and seen many strange things in the bush after drinking hop beer and other beverages at the coffee palace i think i'd rather do without them replied hope who was sedate beyond her years 
perhaps i should not tell you that mother sold those pictures in the gold frame to buy us clothes and things of course pictures are very pretty assented joy but something nice to eat is much better and they are real raisins too like mother used to have in england not the sort you put in puddings but hanging on stalks and the almonds are a lot nicer than the nuts we get out of jam i wonder what santa claus will bring us this year said grace my socks not very big remarked joy i'd like to hang up a sugar bag only it would look greedy joy liked a lot poor child oh you girls whose every wish has been granted whose every fancy has been gratified have you any thought for your poorer sisters whose lives are so restricted yet they are thankful for so little and through it all are good and happy we hope so the children ran off chasing each other round the deserted holes and heaps b b sat up and looked after them having worked as a hatter for many years he had contracted the habit of voicing his thoughts poor little beggars and the old man is too proud to take a fiver b b always had gold he was still watching the children fading in the distance when he struck his hands together i've got it i'll salt his claim he'll never find out it's bendigo gold he doesn't know the game there is an unwritten law strictly observed among the diggers that no man shall go down the shaft of another without invitation and to do so at night during the rushes was carrying one's life in one's hand and b b was aware of this just after midnight b b dressed in a digger's woolen jumper which hung down to his knees a woolen muffler right up to his chin and a felt hat with a crown pushed up like a cone appeared about a quarter of a mile from hampton's home there was a slight surface depression here which seemed to indicate a gutter below several holes had been sunk along it years before without payable results b b who was an authority had told mr hampton that he thought the old workings were not worth spending time on b b looked warily round on emerging from the scrub then cautiously approached and after a casual glance at the windlass seized the rope and disappeared the shaft was only eighteen feet deep a drive ran in for some distance from each end along the gutter b b produced a candle and examined the workings then drew a tin containing gold dust from his pocket he paused again studied the strata and slate underfoot then tested it with a pick now b b was a geologist of a sort he had not learned the science by correspondence but by working on most of the alluvial fields in the rush days the candle burned down almost to the clay as he hesitated then he remarked false bottom like the mciver lead and returned the gold to his pocket taking a length of broken board he wrote on it with a piece of pipe clay and drove the sharp end into the floor at the entrance to one of the drives remarking if he gets nothing out of it i'll salt this show later although he could read print b b did not profess to be able to write in fact he used to sign for his miner's right with a cross so the spelling presented difficulties in particular the word father although b b believed his nocturnal visit had been unobserved he was mistaken 
for a small white-robed figure had been standing at a window looking toward the ranges just made discernible by the rising moon she noticed someone emerge from the saplings and approach the claim hope neither spoke nor moved but gazed spellbound yes it was santa claus she could see the hoarfrost sparkling all over him in the driest season at that altitude there is a heavy dew so on every minute hair of the digger's clothes and every hair of his whiskers glistened a particle of moisture strange he should come a night too soon and not to the house she thought as b b disappeared down the shaft her eyes never left the spot then after what seemed a long time the figure reappeared crossed the flat and was enveloped in the foliage but in the broad light of day hope was not quite sure that the whole occurrence was not a dream so being a reserved child she held her peace during breakfast the father said i'll not go to work to-day as there are several things about the place that require seeing to i'll just bring home the tools and the windlass rope couldn't we get them for you inquired hope oh, be careful of the twins then and on your return you can help me with the pudding said the mother i'll go down the shaft and put the tools in the bucket one at a time and you two can wind them up mind you both don't let go the handles at the same time cautioned hope many a shaft had she descended for by swinging the rope from side to side she could reach the footholds made in either side of the shaft with her toes but not without the aid of the rope when her eyes became accustomed to the subdued light she saw the message dig de upper doxmas so it was not a dream after all she was far from an excitable child but her heart beat faster as she determined to test the value of the message she quickly ascended and lowered the twins and then set to work meanwhile telling her sisters of the visitor is that the way to spell it inquired grace we must not make remarks about kind friends admonished hope santa claus is very very old and perhaps they spelled that way when he was a boy in the reindeer country of course agreed joy did you see the sledge and reindeer no i think he must have left them on the back track she replied perhaps he got bogged pointer's father did last winter put in joy not this weather said grace besides reindeer are very strong think what big horns they have well i expect he just put on their nose bags with moss in them and gave them a rest i'm sure he is a kind man for he loves children and i believe he put some gold here for us to buy things for mother now you can tell that horrid mabel that you have seen santa claus she said it was all made up this from joy the slate floor was only a couple of inches in depth then came some rubble headings these hope put carefully aside then came the wash dirt she understood enough of the art to seek here for the gold so taking a double handful and spreading it on the notice board she examined it in the lightest position under the shaft joy was the first to cry nugget the children had often seen such when the father had been cleaning up the sluice boxes as they spread and respread the wash each particle of gold was deposited in a pannikin just as the first lot of wash was being scraped into the bucket a voice called out below there are you stealing your father's gold i'm coming down we don't want you go away shouted hope 
then putting the pannikin in the hole she had dug she whispered to the twins go and sit there and don't move for anything i'm not frightened of girls i'm coming down anyway the speaker master pierpoint a boy of about twelve evidently led the simple life judging by his apparel which consisted of a striped blue cotton shirt rather small cut down moleskin pants much too large and one hayband suspender now pointer if you do i'll hit you with this board so there a body obstructed the light then two bare legs appeared overhead hope made two vigorous blows with the board there was a yell you've broken my little toe followed by several more yells as the legs rapidly vanished you spiteful black-eyed turned-up nosed native cat oh my toe i'll get square with you and you two grinning curly-headed little bandicoots pointer's natural history must have received a bump also on landing he took the peg out of the windlass revolved the barrel so that the rope ran out and fell down the shaft now you can stop down there until you starve he yelled down to them and limped away i'll tell father what he called us said grace who was sensitive we can't help our hair being curly and how are we to get up hope daddy will come for us and we must not tell tales unless he asks us about the rope boys are all like that they can't help it i'm glad i won't grow up into a boy aren't you grace said joy with fervor while we are waiting for father we will pick out all the gold we can said hope so they set to work unmindful of the passage of time this is all our gold because we found it said hope and we will give it all to mother just as father does except what we keep to buy them presents now each choose joy first because she is the youngest it is remarkable the capital joy made out of such a short period she never allowed any one to overlook the fact i'll choose a new frying pan because ours has a crack in it and if i can have two goes a side of bacon i'll buy a strip of carpet for mother's bedside and two glass dishes to put jam in instead of saucers said grace i'll get her a piano to play on and teach us and a silk dress like mrs brown's only more rustly chose hope and daddy we will buy him a box full of old books he likes the smelly sort without pictures in them i think we should buy him something nice to eat chocolates and dates they smell so nice said joy no replied hope with decision men don't care what they have to eat as long as there is enough of it joy heaved a sigh glad i'm not going to be a man will we be allowed to buy anything for ourselves certainly not nice people don't buy themselves presents joy heaved another long-drawn sigh they were so engrossed in picking out small nuggets from the size of irregular peas to large pins heads that their father's voice below there quite startled them all's well replied hope i could not climb up your mother became anxious nice diggers you'll make letting your rope free he said as he descended by the footholds we have a christmas present for mother said hope just feel the weight as she held a half-filled pannikin toward him at first he could not see clearly in the subdued light for the day was cloudy and most of the particles of gold were covered with clay still a few shone brightly then all the blood seemed to rush to his heart 
then surge back again and throb at his temples he leaned across the wall and for a few seconds gasped for breath and could not see clearly had the dream of years come true had success crowned his efforts at last still he said never a word hope aided by joy told the story and this is the board daddy with the writing on it he had not touched the pannikin but examined the board carefully there was nothing visible he produced a candle and matches from a tin box not a sign of a letter at first while the children were speaking he thought it might have been b b but recollected that he could not write no it must have been a dream and that conclusion was adhered to i think it was god sent him because mother is so good said grace who was devout i believe he did replied the father earnestly now children you must hurry home and help your mother oh do wind us up requested joy it would have been much quicker to have carried each up on his back but he made a large loop at one end of the rope climbed up and attached the other end to the windlass then hope put joy first being the younger into the loop tucked her clothes under her and the father slowly wound her up as he landed each twin he looked into her eyes and said daddy's girl and each daddy's girl bored her curly head into his chest as evidence of her affection those two were doubly dear to their parents for some time previously when that scourged diphtheria swept through the district it carried their little brother in its train and for many anxious days the parents were afraid that the twins would follow and they were so like their mother with the assistance of the rope hope soon appeared now not a word to your mother until dinner time come and call me and bring the barrow and two sugar bags for the wash dirt in the bucket here in parentheses we state although the false bottom ran for some distance along the lead the rest of the wash was scarcely worth sluicing b b had unconsciously driven in the board just over a rich pocket still there was gold enough to buy a grazing farm on the rich volcanic land and when the rains came in february and march with b b's assistance the accumulated wash was sluiced and the returns provided funds to purchase stock b b would not accept wages but the lease of the dam was transferred to him and he had the use of the races and sluice boxes but he would pay rent for the cottage so every fortnight he called at the farm and placed two shillings on the kitchen table the last time i heard from there the family were living in comfort and b b well he was the same old b b now we must return there was one member of this family who never forgot that christmas morning who laid and watched the daylight break over the eastern mountains and listened to the magpies welcoming the coming day gradually the sun appeared his shading beams turning every dewdrop on leaf and fern into a matchless gem even the unsightly mullock heaps shared in the splendor and reflected hues of purple and of gold as if kind nature forgiving man's wantonness were endeavoring to cover transgressions with love and as the children in tune with the angelic choir on this glad christmas morning chanted hark the herald angels sing glad tidings to our new-born king it found an echo in each grateful heart 
but with a sweeter melody in the mother place as she realized that the struggle to provide for her little brood was at an end and i trust the reader and the writer will hear that same glad song and each heart will echo the message on earth peace good will to men end of santa claus's message a christmas story by e franklin tregascus